Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Economic and earnings concerns are dragging the stock market lower today. China and the U.K. reported weaker-than-forecast factory data, reminding investors of the global economic slowdown. And U.S. earnings remain mixed. AIG shares are declining after it reported a third straight unprofitable quarter. Meanwhile, Pfizer shares are gaining after it raised its outlook. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is down 152.78 of a percent. It's trading at 17,739. S&P 500 down 20 points, a loss of 1%, trading at 2,061. The NASDAQ is down 56.1.2%, trading at 47.60. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil down $1.08 a barrel, 2.4%. At 43.70, spot gold is down $7.50 out at 12.88.30. And the 10-year Treasury is up 21.30 seconds with a yield of 1.79%. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Continuing a live broadcast here in the city by the bay, we're at San Francisco's uh, Bloomberg San Francisco office. We had a nice conversation today, in fact, a lovely conversation with uh, John Williams, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, and two of his top research economists, Mary Daly and John Fernald. Now we want to bring in another San Francisco guest, Michael Cagino. He's president of Pacific Heights Asset Management. He's also a portfolio manager at Permanent Portfolio Funds to take a look at what John Williams said today and connect the dots to the U.S. stock market. Stocks, of course, uh, having a tough day today with uh, concern about a sluggish pace of global growth and maybe some uninspiring corporate earnings. But uh, when it comes to the global economy, John Williams doesn't seem as concerned, perhaps, as the stock market. So welcome. Thank you for joining me down here at our bureau. Thanks for having me. So uh, we can get to the more specifics of the stock market today, but John Williams... Labor market is is still growing. Inflation is 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 not at target, but there are signs that it's moving in the right direction. He can see the strains in the global economy, but absent some big shock, he doesn't see it reverberating back to the U.S. And he did say that the current status quo, if I may paraphrase him, would be sufficient for him to be on board with that rate hike in June. What does that mean for the stock market? Well, I mean, I think the stock market is in various stages of pricing in zero, one, or two rate increases this year, so I'm not sure. You know, we've come a long way since the February lows. Um, we're down about 2% off our highs in the S&P 500 uh, based on today's trade, not a material amount, but a little bit of a, a slowdown from where we were in March and April. So I, I think the market's uh, awaiting every word from the Fed and trying to adjust and calibrate accordingly um, based on whether it's going to be zero, one, or two, and I would expect that to continue going forward. Hey, Michael, you know, I was looking at the permanent portfolio, and uh, year-to-date it is up more than 11%. How'd you do that? Well, we maintain a disciplined asset allocation approach all the time. And so, you know, we sit here and talk about is the Fed going to do this or that or, you know, make predictions. Our whole uh, thesis is that we don't want to make predictions. We want to be spread out among a bunch of different asset classes all the time. Thereby, we don't have to make predictions. And I think that sort of uh, strategy helped us well in the first quarter and so far through May here uh, because we were in some assets like gold, like silver, like natural resource stocks that nobody wanted to touch early in the year, but we think are an 
integral part of economic growth and wealth building, and so we had exposure um, there and took advantage of it so far. So I think that explains quite a bit of it. The bond market helped a little bit, and some of our growth stocks, again, we're levered towards Like Facebook, more. for example. Facebook is a good example. Some of the holdings in our transportation sector, areas that were beaten down towards the end of last year that nobody really wanted to own were things that uh, we owned and continue to own and, and added to along the way um, based on valuation, and they helped us so far. Okay, so apply that metric to perhaps some overlooked and underloved investments right now in the stock market. I'd apply the philosophies to the same thing. We don't plan on changing our approach. We've been doing it for 34 years. But uh, I think in any situation when you have big moves um, in asset classes, there is going to be a consolidation. There is going to be some sort of profit-taking. So, you know, I, I think we should expect that in some of the areas in the shorter term that have run really well so far this year. But in the longer term, we think there's an opportunity. I think we're at the bottom of a commodity cycle, for example. And uh, while some of those stocks, energy, uh, industrial metals, have come a long way so far this year, they're still way, way off where they were, you know, several years ago and probably in their long-term trends. And the world still needs this stuff. So for a, an investor with a strong stomach and you can afford to wait and you, you don't mind the volatility, that's an area where you go. Um, certain other areas of the stock market, I think, have been attractive. I mean, techs uh, slow down a little bit. That may present some opportunities. Financial services, depending on what the Fed does. Um, may present some opportunities. We do like the transportation sector. We believe in global growth as a longer-term story. And, yes, it's hiccuping right now, but we think, um, you know, that area has been beaten down. And, again, for a long-term investor, that's sort of where you want to be. And we do worry about um, the declining uh, value of U.S. currency as well as the rest of the world's currencies. And so hard assets like gold and silver are attractive to us on a long-term basis on that front, regardless of where the dollar trades vis-a-vis that stuff. So we we continue to maintain a diversified approach. And our view on the Fed is probably uh, it could be zero, could be one, could be two. Um, a June and December move to us makes perfect sense. Then again, uh, based on their comments about global growth and them worrying about that and the diversions between U.S. rates and the rest of the world, I could see them doing nothing this year as well. Our view is we don't want to try to predict it. Have you gotten many calls from clients and customers asking for yield products because they are frustrated by low-yield environment? Definitely. Um, and, in fact, uh, since we tend to invest in, in sort of higher volatility, higher growth-oriented type equities, which aren't necessarily always high dividend payers, um, you know, we've had investors call up and say, gee, you know, you ought to be investing in more, you know, consumers and utilities and why are you doing some of that stuff? And, and, and you know, um, while there are opportunities there, a lot of that stuff was, was well overbought. And while they are attractive yields, we counsel people that you should never buy equities based on yield alone. Stocks can be very, very volatile. And, um, and so investors should be prepared for that. Similarly, in the bond market, we tend to have for the last few years here – tended to be more on the conservative side, higher quality balance sheets, lower to medium inter intermediate duration. Um, you know, our permanent portfolio's duration, I think, is less than five years in our bond holdings right now, whether it's treasuries or corporates um, and our Swiss. Um, our bond fund, similarly, we have a duration of about five or six years, I think. Um, and we're looking at mostly investment grade um, in both cases. In permanent, it's all investment grade bonds, treasuries and high grade corporates. In our versatile bond product, we're investing in, uh, I think we're about three-quarters, 70% to two-thirds to three-quarters investment grade. Um, and we think, given the uncertainty interest rates, given the di divergence between the Fed and the rest of the world's central banks, some conservatism should be warranted with respect to bonds right now. 
So what about the global outlook? Again, John Williams, president of San Francisco Fed, seems uh, not overly concerned. He can understand that, yes, you have to see what, what the gyrations in the global economy, what the impact could be on the U.S. economy. But what about corporations? What about companies with big corporations? A lot of them might be some of those blue-chip, dividend-paying kind of companies that a lot of people still favor. If there is concern about the global economy, what is the outlook for them? And are there some, again, some undiscovered gems there? Well, you know, we're in, depending on how you cut it, the the second, third, or fourth quarter of an earnings growth decline on the S&P 500. Um, Some industries have felt it more than others. You're not going to be able to grow dividends if you can't grow earnings. And you can't grow earnings if you don't have top-line growth. And if you have the additional headwinds of a relatively strong dollar vis-a-vis everybody else, that's going to prevent problems as well. So the yields may not be as safe as some people believe, especially if you have some sort of an economic slowdown in the states um, and a general recessionary situation. And let's be, uh, you know, let's be honest. I mean, the U.S. is growing at uh, maybe 2% annualized GDP at the best, and, uh, and last week's number on Q1 was absolutely horrible. Um, now, it may get upgraded, but uh, we look like we're decelerating, not accelerating. And uh, I, I wouldn't predict that, but, but the data points have been mixed so far. And so, yes, the employment picture looks good. Yes, we've had some upticks in inflation, but we haven't had enough to say we've got sustainable inflation. Um, global growth remains anemic and weak. Um, the China PMI number today was not strong. So I think investors need to be cautious of all of that. Um, and uh, and keep that in mind in terms of their risk profile at this point in time. Michael Cugino, what's the biggest mistake you've made in the last 12 months investing money? Uh, the last 12 months. Actually, um, <laughs> if you want to extend it out too long, I'd say probably lighten up our gold in the spring of 13 maybe. Um, more recently, I mean, our last six to nine months have been pretty good. Um, I would say uh, – Maybe not lightening up on some of our natural resource stocks towards the end of last year um, quicker than we did. Um, so, I mean, we experienced, you know, the, the third quarter for us last year in permanent portfolio was not a good one. We stabilized in Q4. Um, but that quarter took everybody by surprise, and I guess us included. The, the sell-off in energy that drastically, the sell-off in commodities, um, while we would have had exposure there anyway, we might have lightened up. And so um, not being quick enough on that one may have hurt. So what are you going to do differently now? Right now, we're looking at a lot of different areas. I mean, am I going to do anything differently in terms of how we manage it? No. We manage a diversified fund all the time. Are we going to change the way we look at equities? No, definitely not. We're going to look for opportunities that fit into our our longer-term profile of how we pick stocks. Same with bonds um, and same with commodities and precious metals. So we're going to continue to be diligent. We're going to invest to produce the best return we can in the environment we're given um, and, and control what we can control, so to speak. Thank you very much. Uh, Michael Cugino, he is the president of Pacific Heights Asset Management and Portfolio Manager at Permanent Portfolio Funds. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio.